All right, it's time for your Miami Sports Pod, or as we uh, these days can call it, the Tua Sports Pod. Will Manso, Clay Ferrero, and, you know, Clay on a NFL weekend and the Dolphins losing on a Sunday to the Falcons on the final play of the game. Usually the conversation would be on the game, on the six-game losing streak. We get it. The Dolphins are just a bad team right now. But let's face it, the focus is on the future of Tua Tungavaloa, a conversation that we have been having and Dolphins fans have been having for months now from the offseason into the season. And now with the latest reports as the deadline approaches on November 2nd, I ask you this question point blank, Clay, everything we know right now. If the Dolphins, and I say that, Stephen Ross has gotten clearance from the NFL through back channels or through Roger Goodell himself, that two of Tungabaloa, once you make that trade for Deshaun Watson, that Watson could play right away. Do you do the trade? Uh, so, so this is the hard thing, because then you're essentially saying that you have some sort of knowledge about the allegations, right? And so, and when I say some sort of knowledge, I mean, you're privy to whatever has been found in the investigation. So I'm going to answer this question as though he is clear, okay? And, and almost as though these allegations have been wiped away. I, and the answer in that case would be yes. And, and it's because you have a franchise quarterback that's 26 years old, unequivocally a franchise quarterback. And, and the reason I say that, well, is because I'm less sure today than I have been perhaps ever that Tua Tungavailoa is going to be a franchise quarterback because as of last weekend, I was pretty sure he was trending in the direction of not being one. And then on Sunday against the Falcons, he showed why he might be. And, and yeah, he had a couple of bad decisions again, one really bad interception. And yet I, I feel like we're going through the same thing and Dolphins fans probably feel the same way that they did with Brian Tannehill, that he's shown a lot of flashes, but the team around him is so flawed that it's just enough that you want to give him another chance. But I don't know if the Dolphins fans want to go through that again. Can I tell you that? And this is where you and I, we have been in alignment throughout uh, pretty much that if you could get Deshaun Watson, you get him as long as you have an understanding of what's going on. And look, we never have made light of the issues going on off the field and the allegations and what it could lead to and the implications of it, aside from the legal issues for Deshaun Watson potentially, but just the moral issues of what he allegedly did to these, I mean, dozens of women. I think 22 was the last number I heard in civil cases. So it's so hard to talk football when right. that's when, when you have that, you don't want to minimize it. But again, I'm having this conversation based on if there are feelings within the Dolphins organization that they've been led to believe that Deshaun Watson will get cleared of this and be able to play. That's how I'm going moving forward. So I have been, you and I mostly in alignment through this, that you make the trade for Deshaun Watson. You go get your franchise quarterback. But I actually feel different than you do right now as you know, we talk after this game against the Falcons in which Tua did make two ugly mistakes with the interceptions. But the way he bounced back and the career-high four touchdowns, 80% completion percentage, with this riffraff of characters around them. I mean, I'm sorry, but this is not a good offense right now. Offensive line issues, running backs, carousel, none of them particularly good. Uh, Mike Kosicki is a weapon. There you go. That's what you have. You're throwing a Mac Hollins, who on most teams is a fourth receiver at best. I mean, this team isn't very good offensively. And Tua lifted them to four touchdowns. They had the block field goal as well. They were set up to get points there. I actually feel better about Tua after what he did on Sunday because the one thing, man, we have set the standards so high and I don't want to be a Tua apologist. So this isn't even about Tua. 
This is about young quarterbacks. We have set the standard so high as to what they need to do. I mean, he threw, he had over 300 yards of total offense and four touchdowns. He is a second year quarterback who hasn't even started what amounts to a full season of games. He has been thrown into different you know, offensive coordinators, multiple at a time last year, the pulling in and out with Ryan Fitzpatrick. Oh yeah. Coming off a hip injury this year, suffering the rib injury. And yet through it all, I saw something in two on Sunday that leads me to believe, man, don't quit on this kid just yet. And Clay, here's the issue, right? Let's just say you, your counter to that, whether it's you or someone else says, yeah, but, but Deshaun Watson's better. <laughs> I mean, I can't argue that. Deshaun Watson is better, significantly better as it stands now, and maybe always better than Tua, no matter what Tua develops into. But now, more than ever, I get a clearer picture of what this team could be. And I was wrong, Clay. This is not a good football team. There are not enough weapons, and whether it's health reasons or bad management decisions, whatever it may be, there are offensive line issues. The defense has been a major disappointment. This is a bad football team. It goes beyond the quarterback. So if you get Deshaun Watson, you trade every asset that you have available to get him. What the heck is what is around them? Who is he throwing to? Who's making stops? How do you get better for Deshaun Watson or any quarterback if you make that move? That's why I'm leaning toward more, man, why not stay the course and see what Tua can be? And worst case, if Tua's not the guy, you still have your assets available to go pursue other avenues for your quarterback. Yeah, and I guess where I'm attacking this is I feel like if you've got a Deshaun Watson that you are going to be extremely appealing as a franchise to a potential GM and coach candidate. Because at this point, I feel like, for the very reasons you mentioned, look, the, the weapons on this team, that's the responsibility of this front office and the coaching staff. And so I feel like it, if, if I'm looking at this team today, I have zero confidence moving forward in the people who have put this team together because it is that bad. So to me, I get the franchise quarterback that is going to make you the top destination for a potential head coach and, and GM if indeed you decide to move on. So that, that's the direction I'm going. Here's the other thing, Will. I'm with you. I, I feel like Tua showed a lot of really good things on Sunday, and that's where I'm like less convinced of it now that you should move on. But I also think the problem with Tua is that you're seeing right now a, a largely healthy player. He does still have the rib injuries, but I think the big questions about Tua still remain. How long does he stay healthy? And he's still smallish, and I that's did fair. not like that. I did not like the hit that he, I look, I love the toughness that he showed getting that first down and, and almost, I, I have no problem with him taking that hit late in the game. And, and, and uh, I, I believe it was on a third down play where he was scrambling and, and made the play. The problem there is that you hold your breath every time with him because he's just not big enough to take those kinds of hits. So mm -hmm. I, I just feel less confident that he's going to be a healthy player long enough to make it worthwhile. And that's, that's, that's just, it's just, that's just one of the factors. That's fair, but then it also goes back to the front office. If you had concerns about Tua's body, his frame, his injuries in college, and his you know inability maybe to stay healthy at times, and you had concerns that that frame wasn't made for the NFL, his frame wasn't going to change. I mean, Tua is who he is, and if you had those concerns coming out of college, then they shouldn't have drafted him, certainly not fifth overall. So how that changes, like he gets back from his hip injury last year. Uh, he comes back, he builds that strength. He gets strong. He's a great off season. 
He takes an enormous shot to his ribs, suffers, you know, those crack ribs, comes back, and in the two games he comes back, the Dolphins lose on two last-second field goals. But Tua's got on a 100-quarterback rating with, you know, what, six touchdowns and and about 600-plus yards passing. I mean, and some really tough runs, as you mentioned, probably some a little more tough than you want them to be. You know, you, know, you want to be a little smarter. But the point being... I mean, he's doing everything to me that you ask out of a second year quarterback. And what's again, the standard, if your standard, I don't mean you, but the people in general standard is Justin Herbert, who is off to a quicker start than maybe any quarterback in the NFL's history, as far as what he's doing statistically over the course of his first year and a half, that's an impossible standard. And, you know, I've had people tell me like, oh, he threw those two bad picks on Sunday and that's why they lost. I mean, he also threw four touchdowns and that's why they had the lead in the final two minutes with a chance to win, you know? So it, it is all about your team and it is the cliche of complimentary football. And this is a bad football team. This defense couldn't make a stop when they needed to late in the game. And, and I know that they made a couple of stops throughout the game and helped the offense out with a turnover and, and, and some big plays, a couple turnovers, but still when it mattered most, they didn't. And that would be the same, whether Deshaun Watson is your starting quarterback, whoever it may be. And to me, that's a bigger concern. And there's also, you know, the elephant in the room here, right? And the elephant in the room is you are now still allowing, right? The man who has, or the people who have made this roster and this team, what it is now is a one in six debacle to make the potential moves of acquiring a Watson or keeping those picks and trying to build around Tua. So the people who made this mess, you're asking to fix this mess, and I'm not sure that that's a smart way to handle the business, whether you keep Tua or not. Yeah, and well, I guess that's why my course of action would be get get Watson. Again, this is it's such a hard conversation to have because of the serious nature of the allegations, but I get Watson. And then at the end of the year, if your record is this bad, you move on, and, and not from Watson, from the front office, you start over and you let them build around the quarterback because a 26-year-old franchise quarterback would be the number one thing that any team would want to get first when they're building a franchise. And yeah, you have to give up some of the assets, but you'd still have enough picks to try to build around the player of that caliber if do you, you have a I mean, front do office. You, if you trade five, let's say you trade five picks, including three first-round picks, I mean, that's an immediately immediate gut punch to your assets. I mean, at least in the short term, meaning in this upcoming draft, the next year and a half. Yeah. And that's fair. That's fair. I I would say if Watson were 32 years old, then you'd have some pause, but I think because of his age, you get that first and then you, you, you do whatever it takes to build around that before, because, you know, he's going to be 28, 29 by the time you have a full complement of picks, which means those guys come in 30, 31, even, like that's still oh, so no, he's still much in his better prime. than yeah, right. Yeah. So I guess that's where I'm coming from on this. And and you know when you talk about the standard, I guess my standard for Tua when we're having these conversations is Deshaun Watson. And and is he? Do you see in him someone who can be as good as Deshaun Watson? And if not, is it worth giving the picks to get to that point? And and I guess I'm just coming from it that he is. And then it would also make you very attractive to a GM coach combo moving forward. Well, and, and it goes back to, there are a couple of things you said there that I want to play off of is that is what is more important, the franchise QB or the pieces around that franchise QB or a very good, potentially upper tier quarterback. Maybe two, it can be a top 
12, 15 quarterback in the NFL, but you build a very good roster around them. So if you have Deshaun Watson, who is a top five or six quarterback in the NFL, I, I, I think anyone with a brain wouldn't argue that. You have nothing around him, or certainly not enough pieces around him. Is that enough to really feel good about what you're doing long-term, especially with this current regime? Or have those assets and try to build? Look, the only downside to the thought of assets is right in building with this front office is they tried this offseason they're the yeah. ones who passed on getting any kind of running back fix they're the ones who kind of felt comfortable with this young offensive line and, and it hasn't really come together yet again young they may but it certainly hasn't they're the ones who felt will fuller was the kind of target he needed and fuller has not made any impact on this team so when you look at those things, and oh, by the way, Mike Kosicki, who's the most consistent threat out there, at some point you got to decide, are you going to keep him? Because he's turning into one of the more valuable tight ends in the league. He's a very productive player. Uh, one of the few playmakers the Dolphins have. They went out, they drafted Jalen Waddle, and when you look at what you saw in Kyle Pitts on Sunday against the Dolphins, when you look at Jamar Chase setting records yeah. with the Bengals, those things are just indictments of this front office. When you see what those players have done, and that's why when people say they've failed to, aside from all the other in and out of the lineup and the rumors of Deshaun Watson, just on a roster perspective, they've failed not just Tua, but everybody else because they haven't built the type of roster. This isn't a good football team. I kept saying I was watching Sunday and we all watch enough games to see quality teams. And I don't nothing stands out to me about the Dolphins. Nothing. Nothing. No, I agree. And I guess what I would say is, you know, you keep using the term current regime. I, I don't know that it would be the current regime that, that would be, at least not from the the perspective that I'm taking on this, which would be, look, I'm with you, man. Like, they have failed to it. When I look at this football team, and we hear this over and over again, and you and I have said this, we say, Tua is not the problem with this team. Well, what is? Everything else. Who's responsible for the everything else? The GM, the front the, office, the same the people coach. trying to get Deshaun Watson. Yeah, well, yeah, unless unless Stephen Ross wants him as well, in which case it's a, and so that's kind of where I'm coming at this. At I don't think it's I don't think it's Chris Greer and Brian Flores bring in Deshaun Watson and then absolutely get the chance to build around him. I think it is you have the opportunity to get a 26 year old guaranteed franchise quarterback, and again, we're, we're coming at it from that perspective that he is cleared and that so. I, I'm looking at it as you get that first and then potentially you have somebody else who can build a right. You're not going to allow the people who messed up the roster yeah. around Tua to do the same thing around Watson. See, and, and the logical decision in my mind, and sometimes I understand, look, you said something, you said a name and earlier you were talking about age. So let's go to Stephen Ross. Stephen Ross is about 80 years old. Uh, he, I believe he's in 81, I think, yeah. maybe 81. Yeah. yeah. Maybe point is Stephen Ross is, doesn't have much time left as an owner as far as, you know, it's not like he's sitting there, he's 50 years old. He's thinking, I'm going to own this team another 25, 30 years. I mean, Stephen Ross knows his window of winning. He's 80 years old. He's, you know, he's a billionaire. All he's ever wanted since coming to Miami with the Dolphins almost a decade now, whatever it's been, is he wants to bring a championship here. I truly believe that. I know Stephen Ross, people are critical of him, but I do feel he has spent money and, and, and truly is passionate about wanting to win here. Now, that doesn't mean the things he's done and, and the decisions he's made in front office. I don't defend that at all. But the point being, he wants to win badly. And at 80 years old, winning badly isn't patience. It's just not. Patience is something that's very hard to do when you're 80. It's very, very hard to have patience and look at big picture long-term. But to me, the logical way to do this and 
call me crazy, given all the assets the Dolphins do have and have stockpiled for the next year or two, is you let Tua finish this season, see how he grows from this. If in 10, 12 games when this season is over, Tua is not progressing and he's actually, you know, he's just not bouncing back. He's not learning from these mistakes. He continues to make mistakes. Like I thought, again, Sunday, I thought was actually showed his resiliency and his toughness to be able to bring his team back with basically a chance to win. But if that's not the case, then you have all of these assets still, and you still have the ability, by the way, at that point, you can also say this regime is screwed up. Let's move on from this regime and hand the new regime, those assets and that ability to go out and build a winner. And one thing we've seen around the NFL, look at the Cardinals. It doesn't take long if you get it right. If you get it right and you have the right regime and you find the right players, you can win within a year or two. But again, the Stephen Ross have that patience. Bringing in Deshaun Watson is great on the end. Okay, you got your franchise quarterback, but this is still a bad football team. And oh yeah, hanging over the head is all the other issues that come with it. That it's not really our place now to talk about that but let's face it clay it's they're terrible allegations they're disgusting allegations they're disturbing allegations whatever you want to call it this will hang a cloud over the franchise as long as deshaun watson is here until he is cleared and and that is is that something you want to attach your franchise to man to me i've reached the point clay right now as we tape this pod where I have been a, a proponent of potentially getting Watson and, and if, if, you know, depending on what was going on, I am now off that train. To me, you keep Tua, you see what you have and you have the assets to move on if Tua is not the guy. And that's fair. I, and I think you're, you're coming at this from the perspective that the, the lack of knowledge about what's going on is making it enough to not do the deal. In which case, I got no problem with that. It, that the allegations are, are heinous, um, and and if you if you want to just say, look, I because look, let's be honest with this thing with Deshaun Watson, he would never be available for something that you would be willing to give up if not for these allegations. 100%. Because at the end of the day, I I can't I can't fathom that you're giving up these picks without some sort of protection. And if he weren't. If these allegations weren't out there, you wouldn't have any protections on the picks. You'd have to give up probably four first-round picks, maybe two or three additional picks to get a player of that caliber. Mm -hmm. So I think this whole time you've been looking at it as, okay, this is a devalued asset situation where you're able to get somebody because of what's swirling there, and you're willing to take that on. But if you're not, because the lack of knowledge about what's going on, the lack of clarity is too much, I'm 100% fine with that because, look, as we sit here, Will, the Dolphins, the NFL, the Texans, the lawyers have 10 million times more information available to them than we do. Uh, yeah, so agree. Where, I've been com- where I've been coming at from this is I have no clue, innocent till proven guilty. I'm not – I have no clue whether all of these women are, are being 100% truthful and, and he is absolutely guilty. And I have no true, uh, no, no knowledge if it's the other way. So I'm trying yeah. to attack this from I don't know. So, so strictly from a player perspective. But mm-hmm. I'm with you, man. I, I just think the whole thing, it's, there's so many layers to this. And it almost feels like it's such a, do- only the Miami Dolphins could be in this situation where there are so many layers and yeah. it, there's just no clear answer. And what, what is crazy is that 
you know, this, this has been going on since the off season and when it was going on. And again, I think this goes back to why I was kind of on board with the possibility more so than I am now, when it was going on, I think we all agreed that the Dolphins would be a good football team this year. Now I didn't think the Dolphins would be a Super Bowl contender, which is why we thought, well, maybe Deshaun Watson is that missing piece to be a Super Bowl contender. But now seven weeks into the season, this is a bad football team. Clay, this team should almost, you can almost say this team should be 0-7. I mean, if it's not for the Xavier Howard incredible play in New England, they're on seven and they would be deservedly so with seven. They just don't play well together. Cohesiveness. I mean, it's just the play calling the questions about the decision-making. I mean, it's a bad football team. So this has gone from, Hey, maybe hey, this is a good up and coming team. Maybe that all they really need is that star quarterback to like, Holy cow, this is a bad team. And now we're starting to see, they need a lot more than just the quarterback. And if Tua was awful, I could see how you say, hey, look, man, I mean, we, we screwed up. I think I've seen enough from Tua. It depends where you're judging him. If you're judging Tua, what he's not, he's not the prototypical size. He doesn't have a bazooka for an arm like Justin Herbert. But, and the guy completed 70-something percent of his passes in the Jacksonville game and 80% of his passes in the Atlanta game. A quarterback's job is to find guys and hit them. And, you know, he's made a couple mistakes with decisions, but he is exactly i think starting to look like what we thought he was coming out of alabama quick reads accurate passer quick decisions smart quarterback and he's made a couple of mistakes but has shown the resiliency to bounce back and make plays following that i think as a young quarterback that's a positive it may not matter clay because we're having this discussion now and by the time people listen to this pod and over the next course of four or five days if anybody clicks on and listens Tua may be gone as far as not traded, but Watson coming here. And then you could forget about Tua Tungvaloa in Miami. And I think I will say this, even though I'm off board with the thought of Watson now, given everything we've seen with this team and with Tua, I think it might happen. I really do. I, I, I think that Tua will be, or I think that uh, Watson will be traded. And I would say that it would likely be to Miami. I really do. And, and see, this is, I, I feel like Carolina is going to find a way to make this happen. And I, I thought it was interesting when we talked about this, I think, last week. No, this was actually – all the rumors are, like, running together now. But, no, it was this week that the rumors started almost exclusively from Houston that this was all coming to a head, right? And it was mm-hmm. it was John McClain. It was uh, Aaron Wilson and, and I think Mark Berman, all out of Houston. The thing that really made me raise my eyebrow was on Sunday when you had, I think his name is Joe Person. I think he works for the Charlotte mm-hmm. Observer, saying yeah. flat out the Panthers are going to be involved in this. The fact that it was originally Houston people that were releasing the Dolphins mm-hmm. information, and then on Sunday it is Charlotte people releasing the Panthers' interest, tells me there's something going on that, that I think – it. I'm coming to the conclusion now, Will, that – the Texans are leaking Dolphins' interest to try to get the Panthers to raise their offer. See, I, I and, still think there's legit Dolphins' interest, and I think oh, I agree with what, that. But I think based on what Brian Flores has said and what Tua said, look, I thought there were a lot of interesting revelations made on Sunday from Tua and from Flores, and in the conversation Dan Marino had on the field with Tua, they're clearly this is clearly a concerted effort by the Dolphins in making sure Tua is in the right frame of mind. And Tua said he thanked Flo for his transparency. And he wanted to keep the conversations private to me. And with Flo saying, look, we've talked to him about the rumors and the talk. And Tua even referenced Chris Greer in the conversations. 
I think it's clear the Dolphins have told Tua, look, we're always looking to improve our team, and that includes searching for players, which may very well be a quarterback. But you are on this team, and you are a quarterback, and we believe in you, and we want you to do well, no matter what is going on on the outside with us and those conversations. And you saw Dan Marino pregame go over and pat him on the back and talk to him. And these are things that are lining up as to, you know, Tua, I think, knows his days may be numbered. And it may just come, that phone call may come. It's not going to shock him then because the Dolphins have made him very aware that all of this is true. Now, it may not happen, which is a whole interesting thing is if it doesn't, then he, okay, you went through all that and you're still the quarterback. But I do think that I think the last week or so has really shown those that thought, oh, this isn't the Dolphins' interest. This is all media-driven or reports-driven or or sources-driven. No, I think it's pretty clear the Miami Dolphins want Deshaun Watson, and Tua Tagovailoa is very aware of that from the organization. Oh, I agree with that. I, I just felt like, like it felt like it was heading towards a resolution uh, early this week. And we're recording this on Sunday after the fact. Like it felt like from the reports that came out early that this thing, and I think McLean even said he thought it was going to be done by the end of the week. And, and it wasn't that it just signaled to me that mm-hmm. this was Houston leaking this information. And well, to kind of bring this whole thing to a head, the fact that they even had to come to Tua and have this discussion with him, it just shows how mishandled this whole thing has been from the beginning. Because if you're going to make a move like this, you can't let it linger. I'm going to be honest. Well, you're right. This could be an 0-7 football team. I also feel like it could be a 4-3 and or a 5-2 and football team if this cloud hadn't been hanging over this team all year. It just feels like this whole thing, it's, it's been a distraction. It, 100%. And, and it's been the botched by the front office. Yes. They, said they have brought, you know, a lot of times people blame the media, right? And look, sometimes the media can spark up things. Look, we're in it. We know that. We know that headlines and clickbait and all that stuff. We get it. All that stuff exists. But this story has been 100% driven by the Miami Dolphins. They could have put this story to bed or just made a deal at some point if they really wanted Watson. This has lingered since what? Last January, February, since the season ended. That's 10 months hanging over your young quarterback. This conversation, there's no one to blame but the Miami Dolphins organization. This is not media-driven. This is not BS. This is not sources and leaked info. This is the Miami Dolphins allowing this to hang over their team. And because of it, Clay, to your point, it's a big reason why they're 1-6. and six. Well, yeah, and, and the Texans have nothing to lose with this. Like, this is – if you're the Dolphins, you had a team that could legitimately I, – I, you felt like coming off of last year. Yeah, you almost made the playoffs. Like – you had a chance to go out there and compete this year. And this thing lingering, it, it's just been the worst thing possible. Well, the way to handle this thing, you call Houston and you say, look, this is what we're offering. And I don't know if they're negotiating whatever the protections are on the picks. I don't know if they're negotiating what the picks themselves are going to be. But you shouldn't have this sort of constant dialogue back and forth because I, and it almost feels well like, because Miami pulled such a heist before in dealing with Houston, it almost felt like they were trying to like squeeze every last bit out of what they could mm-hmm. instead of just saying, look, this is our final offer. These are the protections that yeah. have to be on the picks Hanging in order to make this thing happen. Yeah. And, and, and instead of doing that, it's been this, there should not be deep in talks for months. You end this thing. You say, this yeah. is what we're doing or we're moving on. You call us when you change your mind because we can't have this hanging over our football team and our young quarterback. Yeah. You said lingering earlier. It's more festering. This, this yeah. is ridiculous. Ridiculous. All right, so uh, we will 
for one more week at least follow this story because November 2nd is not that far away. We will figure this out. Uh, this story will come to a head at some point. It's either done or you move on with Tua. But I do know this. I've been impressed with Tua's resiliency and what he showed. I have not been impressed with what the Miami Dolphins have shown, that's for sure. And this story, man, Clay, is almost over. I really do think it's almost over. So November We 2nd, promise you, we are as tired of this as you are. I, you're, right you're, you're right about that. You're right about that. I hope this is the last Miami sports pod we have on this issue, but I, I, I don't think that's the case. We appreciate you listening and subscribing to the Miami sports pod.